Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Black and Cold, which is a true crime podcast for the overshadowed. I am your host, Nichelle, and I am back this week with another case for you guys. So let me just tell y'all real quick that Black and Cold has officially reached almost 150 downloads. Yay! (laughs) And I know that might seem like light work compared to many of these other podcasts, but it's definitely an accomplishment for me. I have been trying to start this podcast for a really long time, and even though it's still a baby, I am very happy about the progress that it's made, and I just wanted to share that number with you all. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you to all the loyal listeners. And the last thing, I know you may have been looking for the new episode yesterday, which Sundays are my usual days that they drop. But I just came back from a little vacation, and since then, I have just been trying to get my life, like trying to get my life together. So apologies for the delay, but your girl was just tired. I guess you can say jet lagged. (laughs) But I'm back, and I'm so, so ready to tell you all about the puzzling story that I will be discussing today. The case today was actually one of the earlier ones I had on my list for a while when beginning this podcast, and I've been following it for some time. There's even been some updates recently, so I figured let's just do it now. It comes out of a really small town in North Carolina named Shelby when a nine-year-old girl goes missing in the middle of the night from her home. Today, I will be telling you guys about the vanishing of Asia Degree. After 20 years, I still believe my daughter is alive. I do not believe she's dead. And I know somebody knows something. I'm not crazy enough to think that a nine-year-old can disappear into thin air without somebody knowing something. So we are in the year 2000, where nine-year-old Aisha Degree was living in Shelby, North Carolina, with her parents, Aquila and Harold, as well as her 10-year-old brother, O'Brien. Aisha was described by her family as being very sweet, caring, and she never wanted people to be mad with her. It was reported that Aisha was afraid of things like the dark and even dogs, so the people closest to her also described her as pretty timid. The Degrees raised both of their children to be responsible, and they seemed to be trusted by their parents. I actually read that both Aisha and O'Brien would come home after school on their own, and they would finish all of their homework by the time one of their parents arrived home from work. The whole family attended church regularly, and it's also said that Aquila and Harold Degree raised their children in a sheltered environment where they pretty much just knew their extended family, basketball, and church. Aisha and her brother O'Brien were off from school on Friday, February 11th, leaving them with a three-day weekend. So on Saturday, February 12th, both siblings had basketball games, which their family attended. Now Aisha, who was the point guard and star player of her team, 
She was really upset after their game. Not only did her team lose, but it was reported that Aisha actually fouled out of her game. So at first, she took this loss very, very hard. She even cried to her mom, Aquila, because she felt responsible for her team's loss. Aww. But sometime later, as her brother's game was going on, it was said that she eventually forgot about it and she seemed to be back to her normal self and she was in good spirits. The next day, on Sunday, February 13th, the Degree family attended church. And after, the kids ended up going to their aunt's house who lived nearby just to have some lunch. Their grandmother was also there and she gave both her grandbabies, Aisha and O'Brien, some pre-Valentine's Day candy as the holiday was the next day. That evening when they arrived home, Aquila got both Aisha and her brother ready for bed. Typically, she would put them in the bath first, but she was unable to do so on this specific night due to a crash that occurred nearby their home. And this crash actually caused their power to go out. So because there was no power, Aisha and her brother knew they would have to get up a little bit earlier than usual to bathe. So the two both headed to sleep and went to bed at their typical bedtime of 8 o'clock p.m. So things get a little bit unclear here. Um, many of the sources that I got my information from have different stories on when Aisha's father, Harold, arrived home, as well as what he did when he got there. Some sources report that Harold watched TV when he got in the house that morning and he went to bed around 2.30 a.m. Other sources say that Harold arrived home from work, but he went back out to get some Valentine's Day candy. But just to narrow it down, either way, all of the sources seem to align that Harold came home from work sometime during that early morning and before he went to bed, he checked on his two children, Aisha and O'Brien, at 2.30 a.m. Harold confirmed that he saw both of them sound asleep at that time. I should also note that at this point, um, their power did come back on, so just wanted to put that out there. Just a few hours later, Aquila woke up at 5.45 a.m., and it is now Valentine's Day. And it was also the day of Aquila and Harold's wedding anniversary. By 6.30 a.m., her children's alarm went off, so she made her way to their bedroom, which they shared, and she was preparing to get them ready for school. When Aquila arrived to their bedroom, she woke up her son, O'Brien, who she said was under the covers, as he usually was, and that's when she noticed that Aisha was nowhere to be found. So she then asked O'Brien where his sister was, and he stated that he didn't know. But sometime eventually, O'Brien did mention that he woke up in the middle of the night and he saw Aisha out of bed, standing up in her nightgown. He then says that she went to the bathroom, but she did return and went back to sleep. But O'Brien then goes on to say that after this incident, he heard other noises during the early morning of his sleep. But in this case, he didn't bother to get up and check it out because at this time, now he just figured his sister was just moving around and tossing in her sleep. So Aquila then went to check all around her home. She even checked outside of her home, searching in their family cars because at this point, she was freaking out and rightfully so. 
According to Aquila, her husband suggested that maybe Aisha went to her grandmother's home, which was across the road. So she then reached out to see if that's where she maybe had went. But her sister-in-law confirmed Aisha was not there or with any of their other family members who live nearby. So now Aquila is freaking out even more. And she says that her mom told her to call the police right away. So the degrees called the police frantically, and that's when the sheriff, as well as many police officers, arrived to their home. They did an extensive search that included canine dogs nearby, but there was no sign of Asia anywhere. It was also reported that the dogs couldn't really find or sniff out a clear trail to even follow, and this could have been due to the fact that the weather was so bad that morning. The weather was said to have been really stormy, so yeah, that definitely could have been a possibility. But this makes it even more scary for nine-year-old Aisha, who was nowhere to be found, and who was also afraid of the dark. There was also no signs of a forced entry at the Degree residence, making everyone more baffled on how this whole thing even occurred. Because at the end of the day, sometime between 2.30 a.m. to 5.45 a.m., this nine-year-old little girl ended up outside of her home. As the police were investigating, they also came to learn that some of Aisha's clothing as well as her belongings were missing from her room. Aisha was said to have packed a book bag, which investigators thought was more than likely pre-packed. They figured Aisha prepared herself in advance so that she wouldn't make any noise, startle, or possibly even wake her brother up in the middle of the night. And this made everyone wonder, where was Aisha trying to go that morning? As all of this was happening in their small town of Shelby, it attracted almost everyone nearby. According to an interview Aquila did with Jet Magazine, Aisha's disappearance had almost every cop from their county searching for her. One of Aquila's first thoughts was that her daughter had been abducted because around that time, there was always something on the news involving children being taken and lured different places. And this idea is probably how most of Shelby's residents felt. I mean, Aisha's disappearance pretty much shook their community and many people were involved in the search for her. There were local volunteer fire departments, volunteers on horses, like the whole community seemed to come together. Flyers were put up everywhere with Aisha's face on it, and residents were also encouraged to check their own properties around their homes just in case she showed up. As people in the area began to learn more of Aisha's disappearance, tips began to come in. Investigators learned that two drivers came forward after seeing the news about Aisha on TV. And these two witnesses told the police that they both saw a young girl walking down North Carolina's Highway 18, where she was heading south at around 4 o'clock a.m. Now, one of these witnesses thought this sighting was just too funky. So they then decided to turn around and they went back to go and check on her. And they said as they approached her, this little girl ran away from them and basically just vanished into the woods. Now, the sheriff was pretty sure that this was Asia because the descriptions that both witnesses said were accurate with what she was wearing. But to this day, that was the last official sighting of her.
And this is so unfortunate, you know, that neither witness called 911 at the time to report the sighting of this girl on the side of the road at 4 o'clock a.m. And I mean, I don't even know what to think about that. I personally couldn't imagine seeing a child walking along a highway by themselves at that time. Just the thought of that right now, (laughs) I'd be like, oh, nah. But this is the year 2000, so maybe no cell phones were on hand here. I don't know. Definitely not an excuse in my opinion. Either way, it's just kind of messed up that no one took action that morning. And another weird thing about this was that witnesses said that the only thing Aisha was wearing was a white long sleeve t-shirt as well as white pants, which investigators also discovered were missing from her bedroom. But clearly, she was not dressed for the weather at all, which I mentioned earlier. It was stormy and it was also dark. So again, just seeing this sighting alone should have been a flag to call the police. On February 17th, three days after Aisha vanished from her bedroom, investigators recovered some items in a tool shed off Highway 18. Now, this shed was a part of a business that was located about one mile from Aisha's home, and it was actually close to the vicinity where she was seen by the two witnesses who saw her walking that morning. The items found were reported to be a Mickey Mouse hair bow, a green marker, and a pencil, and they were all confirmed to be Aisha's. Police searched the shed even more, and in addition to those items, they later found candy wrappers. The candy wrappers found were the same ones that Aisha and her basketball teammates received from a game that they just had a few days before. So this was even more confirmation that the police were heading in the right direction. Authorities now are even more confident that Aisha left on her own. According to a Shelby Star article, they believe that because of the sightings of her belongings, Aisha is just not on her original journey. And just to point out, clearly, Aisha is younger than most typical children runaways. A lot of people suggest that Aisha entered the shed to be protected from the storm that the town of Shelby was having that morning. And others think she was likely taken to the shed against her own will but there were no signs of a struggle in the shed for law enforcement to even go off of. The search for Aisha was officially called off as of February 23, 2000, nine days after she disappeared. And I found that to be a little early for a nine-year-old child. That's only a little over a week, and nine days is not a long search at all. Even though her disappearance caught the attention of many people in Shelby, there was just no luck happening for the Degree family with any information on their daughter. So Aquila and her family even appeared on the Montel Williams show back in 2000 to look for the public's help on finding Asia. The episode aired just one month after she disappeared. Oprah also did a segment for Asia showing her picture and her information from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. This was also an attempt to get some type of leads on her whereabouts, but nothing solid ever came from these two showings. It wasn't until 18 months later, on August 3rd, 2001, 
when a man who was bulldozing property along Highway 18, the same highway where Aisha was last seen, and he discovered a strange black trash bag where he was working at. And luckily, he knew this bag seemed out of place, so he then opened it where he discovered another black trash bag inside. And inside that second trash bag, there was a book bag, and the book bag was confirmed to be Aisha's. According to the witness who discovered it, the bag had Aisha's name and phone number written on it. The bag was found less than 50 yards off of the highway, and it was located about 25 miles away from where Aisha was last seen by one of the initial witnesses who saw her. I should also note that the bag's location was going the opposite direction from where Aisha was last seen. The man who found the bag was said to not have been familiar with Aisha's case at all, but gratefully, it stuck with him enough for him to tell his wife when he got home. And his wife was familiar with Aisha's vanishing from the media, and that's when they both reached out to the police about what he discovered. The FBI never released if there were any other items in the bag at this point, which they took the bag in for testing, and the police did another search after this finding. And the only things that they recovered from this area where the book bag was found were some animal bones as well as a pair of men's khaki pants. Unfortunately, there seems to be no follow-up that I can find in regards to the men's khaki pants. And being that this is the case, you know, I would assume that there was no connection, but that still I am not 100% positive about. Now that Aisha's backpack has been recovered, law enforcement released that they believe foul play has been involved. And I mean, yeah, this would make sense as her backpack was buried and it looked like it was trying to be hidden, especially the fact that it was double bagged in trash bags. Um, so I absolutely believe foul play was involved. But this discovery also made me wonder, you know, like if there was a serious perpetrator, why wouldn't they just burn it or get rid of the items elsewhere? Again, that's just something that ran across my mind. I don't know. But either way, things were starting to make sense because it just doesn't sound likely that this nine-year-old girl placed her bag 25 miles away from where she was last seen and then buried it in two trash bags. So that was in August of 2001. So as the next few years go by, Aisha's case started to grow cold. But for many people, her disappearance just seemed to stick. By 2014, 14 years after Aisha disappeared, the FBI really began to dig into her case, and one detective named Tim Adams even came out of retirement to work on it. By 2015, the Sheriff's Office, the FBI, and the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation teamed up together for a full re-examination of Aisha's case. They were even able to generate over 300 leads. The FBI offered a $20,000 reward while the local police of Cleveland County, as well as the community of Shelby, offered a $25,000 reward, totaling $45,000 for any information on the location of Asia. New billboards were even then put up, showing progression pictures of what Asia may look like at the age of 24, which she would have been at the time. 
investigators are positive that someone out there has to know something, and they seem to be doing everything they can to bring awareness to Aisha's story. Two years later, after her case was opened for a re-examination in May of 2016, which is also now 16 years after she disappeared, the FBI publicly announced a potential lead in Aisha's case. A new witness came forward and said that they saw a little girl who appeared to be Aisha getting into a 1970s green vehicle that looked like it could have been either a Lincoln Mark IV or Ford Thunderbird with rust around the wheel. The witness told authorities that they saw this occurrence that same morning that Aisha disappeared. The police released a photo of what the vehicle could possibly look like, and I will also put that photo on the website so you guys can see it. Now, another two years go by with no solid leads or what seems to be like any more movements in Aisha's case. But by October of 2018, the Cleveland County Sheriff's Office announced that there was two potential new clues in their search for Aisha. These clues were actually in that backpack that the construction worker found 17 years before. The items found in Aisha's backpack were the Dr. Seuss book, McGillagot's Pool, as well as a New Kids on the Block concert t-shirt. They were both said to not have been Aisha's. With the surfacing of these two items found, investigators were hoping that this could bring more information in. Meanwhile, Aisha's mom was still keeping up hope that her daughter was still out there. In October of 2020, investigators received a new lead when an inmate wrote into The Star, which is a local news outlet in North Carolina. And in his letter, he stated that Aisha was murdered and that he knew where she could be found. Marcus Mellon, who was convicted in 2014 for sex crimes against children in Cleveland County, is the person who wrote the letter and said that he had information. Sheriff Alan Norman of Cleveland County said that this tip will be followed up on, but due to the COVID outbreak at the facility where he was held, investigators have been delayed with visiting Marcus Mellon, and this too is not clear on whether he could actually lead them to Asia or if he was just maybe trying to get his sentencing reduced for his prior crimes. Asia's loved ones remain hopeful that one day she will be found. Her family members hold an annual march each February, remembering Aisha and retracing what they believe is the path that she took the night that she vanished. Sheriff Norman told the star, quote, we treat every piece of information that we receive as good information until we prove otherwise, end quote. There are so many theories revolving around Aisha's case, and some of them are kind of all over the place, but I'm just going to name a few. The most popular theory is that Aisha was groomed by an adult in her life, and she was told to meet them at a certain location, which explains why she may have left her home at such an odd time. Another theory that goes off of that one is that Aisha was running away from something or someone in her life. The next theory is that Aisha was upset over her basketball game that she just had a few days before she went missing. Many people speculate that because she lost and fouled out, that she continued to blame herself, and that's why she chose to leave. I don't know. Me personally, this one sounds less likely, but that's just my opinion. I don't know. 
Many people also believe that Aisha could have been sleepwalking, which is a possibility, but her family has never reported her as a sleepwalker, and I would think that was something that they would have known in advance, but who's to say? Lastly, many people suggest that Aisha ran away on her own to go on an adventure. Followers of this case think maybe she may have been inspired by something she read, as children can sometimes have colorful ideas, and then she eventually met with foul play. This case is really perplexing, and I definitely agree that this nine-year-old little girl more than likely met with foul play. While I do think Aisha may have went to that shed for shelter from the weather, I do think that some of the other clues suggest that something is just not right. As I said earlier, just the burying of the backpack was really strange to me, and I still have a hard time making out what I think of that. But she was nine years old, and just the thought of this baby, because that's basically what she was, this baby burying a backpack and then double bagging it in two trash bags, it just doesn't seem likely. Up until today, Aisha is called Shelby Sweetheart. Her vanishing on Valentine's Day back in 2000 not only has haunted their community, but it has touched everyone's hearts, and everyone's goal is just to find her. I really hope one day the Degree family can reunite with their daughter. As of 2020, the FBI has released an updated photo, which I will share with you guys, of what Aisha Degree may look like today. She would now be 30 years old. If you have any information on the disappearance of Aisha Degree, please call the FBI Charlotte at 704-672-6100.